As the news media throughout the world reflect on 2015, a common theme emerges, terrorism. The cancellation of New Year's celebration fireworks in Paris, the entire celebration in Brussels, and the shutdown of the train station in Munich are all stinging reminders of the terror of the past year. The war on ISIL has taken center stage following the terror attacks in Paris. France and Germany's participation with Russia in the war on ISIS in Syria will continue for some time into the future. Eretz Sheva columnist Yohanan Visser stated the following, More than 70 nations are now involved in the war against terror, a politically correct euphemism for this battle against the Islamic State and affiliated jihadist groups that is still used by many Western leaders, including the President of the United States. Three separate coalitions were formed this year to fight Islamic State in Syria and Iraq. Each of them has its own objectives, and none of them uses its full military potential to wipe Islamic State from the face of the earth. End quote. Well, his analysis places the root cause in the religious vision of ISIS. He stated, The biggest problem with the current situation in the Middle East is that Islamic State has a plan and is working in accordance with a clear apocalyptic vision that is visible in its actions. This vision is based on Sunni end-time prophecies that include three major battles in the territory of al-Sham, that is Syria and Israel in this case, and one in the vicinity of Rome in Italy, end quote. Well, as the analysis of the year is tallied, a striking factor emerges. There are several sources that catalog terror attacks throughout the world. A total of 378 separate incidents causing death or injury were catalogued by Wikipedia from various news sources. The tally indicates a total of 5,409 deaths and 9,676 injuries, excluding the perpetrators during 2005. These statistics cannot begin to convey the tragic circumstances and stories to each of the families touched by such barbaric and cowardly acts. According to the statistics provided, 87.9% of the terrorist attacks were of Islamic origin. 54% of the incidents of terror were centered in the Middle East, and of these, 39% took place within Israel. The world population has been set at approximately 7.1 billion by the end of 2015. Israel's population stood at around 6.3 million Jews by September 2015 as well. That is 0.085% of the world's population. And 21% of all terrorist attacks in the world took place against Jews living in Israel. A more in-depth analysis from a statistical website compiled by an Israeli analyst indicated a total of 3,641 terrorist attacks in Israel during 2015, when including stone-throwing, petrol bombing, stabbings, and shootings. 99.4% were perpetrated by Arabs, and only 0.05% were perpetrated by Jews. One might imagine that in the face of such high proportion of terror, Israel might receive a little support from world leaders. Perhaps with the attacks taking place in France and North America and terror rings being discovered in Germany and Brussels, the United Nations might change its tune on Israel. Yet the UN Watch reported the following last year. 
Geneva, January 22nd, the United Nations General Assembly's current 2014-15 session has adopted a total of 20 resolutions singling out Israel for criticism, and only three resolutions on the rest of the world combined. The three that do not concern Israel are, one on Syria, a regime that has murdered more than 200,000 of its own people, one on Iran, and one on North Korea. Not a single UNGA resolution this year, the 69th session, is expected to be adopted on gross and systematic abuses committed by China, Cuba, Egypt, Pakistan, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Sri Lanka, Sudan, Yemen, Zimbabwe, or on dozens of other perpetrators of human rights violations. End quote. Well, that was in January. Coming through to November 24, 2015, UN Watch reported the following. The UN General Assembly today adopted six non-binding resolutions drafted by the Palestinians and Syria singling out and criticizing Israel, and no resolutions on China, Cuba, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, ISIS, or any other human rights situation. Well, we've talked about these different resolutions before, but as we look back at the events of 2015, we see the Jews in Israel, who make up 0.085% of the world's population, being the recipients of 21% of the terrorist attacks in the world in the past year, yet being condemned by 90% of the resolutions by the United Nations singling out nations. How can any of this make sense? Well, logically speaking, there is no answer other than that the world has gone mad. However, that is exactly the answer. The book of Revelation describes the forces that will gather the nations to the battle of Armageddon in the Middle East. We read in Revelation 16, verses 13 to 14, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. The doctrine, or unclean spirits like frogs, are described as being spirits of devils, which is the Greek word daemon or demonion. Throughout the New Testament, this word is used to describe mental illness, such as schizophrenia, afflicting the man called legion, with multiple personalities. Jesus was described as having a devil and being mad by those opposed to him in John 10 and verse 20. Worldly thinking is described in James chapter 3 verse 15 as being sensual, or earthly, sensual, and devilish, which is that same word Greek demoniacal. It leads to confusion, we read, meaning anarchy and tumult, and every evil work in verse 16. Well, these forces that drive the nations to the battle of Armageddon are absolute madness. These mad doctrines come out of the mouth of the dragon, which is Russia, the beast, which is Europe, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, which is the Vatican. We looked at the Vatican's sanctifying of war last week when it came to Israel. The same anti-Israel message has to come from Europe and Russia as well. We read the words of the prophets, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity. And the residue of people shall not be cut off. Zechariah 14 verse 2. It is all nations that will gather against Jerusalem. Well, the United Nations has been overwhelmingly showing its intention over the past several years voting to condemn Israel in the face of reality. 
It has showed it is an organization infected by the madness of the frog spirits, blindly calling for liberty, equality, and fraternity with the terrorists attacking Israel, while at the same time trying to chase them out of their own lands. How else could you describe this sentiment except for a spirit of madness? Well, the prophet Joel describes the gathering too. We read in Joel chapter 3 verses 1 to 2, For behold, in those days and at that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, 1967, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people, for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered amongst the nations and parted my land. End quote. Well, God tells us that he will gather all nations into the valley of Jehoshaphat, that is, the valley of the judgments of Yah, and will judge them because of what they do to his heritage Israel, who they will scatter again, and divide the land in the coming invasion. Well, why do they come against it? Is it ISIL, Hamas, Hezbollah, Fatah, or any of the other terrorist organizations that bring them down? No, it is against Israel themselves. We read in Ezekiel 38 verse 16, Thou shalt come up against my people Israel as a cloud to cover the land. And it shall be in the latter days that I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. So, as the intensity of terror increases in the land, the world turns more and more against Israel in a completely hypocritical stance that cannot be defined as anything other than madness. It is worthwhile to recall the world has always been at enmity against God since the beginning of time. Since the reasoning of the serpent was adopted by Adam and Eve, there has been enmity between God's people and the world. We read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Well, the world was at enmity with Christ, who was put to death at the hands of the dominant superpower of the day, the Roman Empire, as prophesied throughout Daniel. Christ warns that the world would be hostile to the people of God who are chosen out of it in John chapter 15 verses 18 to 19. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Well, the Apostle John reminds the disciples that they would experience this enmity of the world in 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 to 13. This is the message that ye have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Well, the more Israel is separated from the nations and turns back to God, the more the world will hate it. It does not like the fact that God has chosen Israel to be his witnesses. As we read in Isaiah 43, verse 10, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Well, America is not God's chosen people, nor Britain, nor Canada, nor Australia, nor Europe, nor Russia, or any other nation upon the earth. 
God chose them from the beginning, as Moses states in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 to 8. Behold, I have taught you commandments and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do in the land whither ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear of these statutes and say, Surely this is a great nation and a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great, who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God, in all things that ye call upon him for? And what nation is there so great, that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? So, the closer Israel gets to following the righteous statutes and judgments of God, the more the world is going to hate them. The fact that God has given the land to them to go to possess it makes the nations irate. However, God will not repent of the promise he made to Abraham, and no nation can change his purpose with Israel. We read in Romans 11 verse 29 that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The nations will have to learn where true salvation lies, with God's people and their coming king. As Christ told the woman at Jacob's well in Shechem, You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, he said, for salvation is of the Jews. John 4 verse 22. Well, God brings the nations down into Israel, not to destroy Israel, but to establish his righteous reign upon the earth. We read in Psalm 2, verses 6 to 7, I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. The nations will be called upon to submit, as we read in verses 10 to 12 of Psalm 2. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Well, in the book of Revelation, it describes the decree that will go out to all the nations in chapter 14, verses 6 to 7, where we read, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell upon the earth, to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Well, the Bible tells us that many of the nations will rebel. This is described in the book of Revelation, and it includes the nations of Europe. We read in Revelation 17, verse 14, These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Well, this is the rebellion of Psalm 2 that we read about in verses 1 to 3, where it says, Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. The response of God is clearly seen in verses 4 to 5. He that sitteth in the heavens will laugh. The Lord will have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath, and vex them in his sore displeasure. 
So, as we see the nations being prepared by the spirits of madness to rebel against Christ, we must double our efforts to speak the truth to our neighbors, so that when the day comes, they will not rise up with the powers of Europe against the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel, who will lead Israel to subdue the nations, as we read in Zechariah 10, verse 3. Mine anger was kindled against the shepherds, and I will punish the goats. For the Lord of hosts hath visited his flock, the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in battle. Out of him came forth the corner, and out of him the nail, and out of him the battle bow, out of him every oppressor together. The end result will see those who are left looking to Israel to bring them back to God. As you read in chapter 8 of Zechariah in verse 23, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Well, the events of this past year clearly show that the times of the Gentiles are rapidly coming to a completion. The nations are turning against Israel in a spirit of madness. Therefore, the return of the Lord is upon us. So let us double our efforts to prepare ourselves and our families for that great day. For the Bible in the News, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you. <laughs> 